0: Howdy, folks! Uh, happy Friday! Um, thank God it's Friday. Sorry for the delay. Um, we were going to have Act on the show, but uh, there were some storms in his area and c- couldn't uh, get on there. So we're going to do a short show, me and Russ. Uh, but we'll start with the pre-show. Go ahead, Russ. All right. So let's.
1: I, I was listening to local radio here in Philly, and um, they were complaining <clears throat> because NFL.com did a um, survey of everybody who works there and they were talking about like the best coaches and of course because the the eagles are eight and one they felt like nick sirianni is the best coach well i mean a lot more goes into it than that here's an example because again um the easy team that they always want to dump on is the jets so robert sala was fourth or fifth and sirianni was sixth mm-hmm. and they're like robert sala <laughs> what the, and i'm thinking okay so imagine if jalen hurts had torn his achilles fourth play into the season and marcus mariota was the coach would the eagles have four wins by now like the jets i don't know i don't think they would and that's why robert sala is there because nobody could anticipate the jets even having a 500 record at this point in the year with no aaron Rodgers. well again i don't think i don't think the host was taking that into consideration because if you take that into consideration
0: that's why he's there. He's not there any other reason, but that's why. No. And, and I think that's valid. And the other thing is I'll bring up the criticism of, um, of the jets in this, of what I've heard, like on, on, say on ESPN radio and a few other people that it was irresponsible of them to go into the season with Zach Wilson as the backup quarterback, because he was such a disaster last year that you should know that a 40 year old Aaron Rodgers, in spite of how, how, uh, durable he was in green Bay could get hurt and that you should have had like a Mike white or somebody who was at least a game manager that could, uh, that could run a team in a pinch. Cause Zach Wilson is still young, still mm-hmm. learning. And clearly right now is under the pressure of a team that if they had a good quarterback would probably be leading the AFC East with that defense. If they had a, a, you know, a Tyrod Taylor, if if he was healthy or somebody, somebody like that, they would be six and three or seven and two or something like that. I think, I think, I think, you know, Sala is taking the heat for Joe Douglas because the, the jets really, I mean, right now they have a pop gun offense and that's basically it
1: there's no doubt he's taking the heat for, for Joe Douglas, but you know, Mike white, you know, two was six with the jets. Yeah. He's not a superstar. I mean, no, just... but that's but Zach Wilson has a better record than that. And I think, I think part of this is everybody's expecting Zach Wilson to like, not make any mistakes and throw touchdowns and do all these things. And we know some of these things are not going to happen with him. So they, They've got it to the point where he's limiting mistakes, right? And they're trying to to win games that way. I don't think, honestly, there were people saying, you know, play Tim Boyle. If you've watched Tim Boyle play, it takes him ten minutes to get the ball out of his hands.
0: Well, I've heard so him play, play be worse. Play Trevor Simeon, who's on the practice squad. It's like you know that kind of stuff,
1: right? I mean, I get it. They got Trevor Simeon in case Zach Wilson gets hurt. But Trevor Simeon got his leg broken the last time with the Jets. It wasn't. know as a freak thing but you know whats they're gonna make sure like the Jets would have to be like four and seven before they're even going to entertain playing Trevor Simeon and I don't blame Robert Sala on this yeah he he's got to go with this right now and hope that he stays 500. I still think with Aaron Rodgers throwing a 50 yard bomb the other day on the field uh that there's a chance he might come back and that's what you got to go with but the coach has done a good job because again, a lot of coaches would have folded up their season if their quarterback got hurt the way Aaron Rodgers did. That's what I you think, have to
0: consider. I, I think he's guaranteed himself not getting fired, but Joe Douglas might end up getting fired. But Right. I think that's fair. Yeah. All right. Let, let's get to the hockey. Hello, hockey world. Today is Friday, November 10th, 2023. I'm Russ Cohen from Sportsology. And I'm Michael Ajello and this is the Hockey Buzzcast here on hockeybuzz.com. Okay, we have to start where everybody's starting, everybody's talking about um, you know, it's just it's it's a tire well, it it makes a tire fire look reasonable. <laughs> look uh, sedate because it's a it's an unmitigated friggin disaster in that we're talking about the edmonton oilers here who lost to the san jose sharks three to two uh in san jose last night uh i think the shots were 45 to 18 in favor of the oilers they got stoned um you know there was a a lucky goal by saying i I didn't you know i'm sorry i didn't stay up to watch it i saw the i didn't watch it either yeah but i mean people apparently it was like appointment television for the uh you know, for a lot of the the people who could stay up to one o'clock in the morning, and and social media was going bonkers. Um, There was a lot of I I, I refer to it Russ as the Schadenfreude Cup because basically everybody mm-hmm. was you know look looking for Edmonton to lose, and you know like I said, I, yeah, I they
1: weren't I, watching, hoping Edmonton won this game. Like yeah. nobody, almost nobody was watching for that. I mean, right. again, I I go back to when when I said on Sirius that I thought the Sharks could win one out of the next two games against the Flyers or the Oilers. I picked that out based on the shortcomings of both those teams. I know the Flyers really well. I have a pretty good idea because we talk about the Oilers a lot, what they're like. And so I knew they could win at least one. I'm not shocked that they won both of them. Both of them are ripe for the picking. I mean, honestly, I don't know what the Oilers are waiting for keeping Jay Woodcroft in there. He may be a great guy, but they're not playing for him. And the longer they wait, the worse it's going to get.
0: Yeah. Once they, once San Jose broke the seal, so to speak, then, you know, the pressure was off and then they, you know, I mean, obviously they didn't play a great game because they only had 18 shots on goal, but the goaltending of Edmonton again, let them down. And I see, this is the thing, Um, you know, I, I know that I've heard um, well, they should make a trade before they fire the coach. He's got the highest winning percentage of any Edmonton Oilers coach. I mean, they're limited in terms of what they can do because of the cap. Um, they don't want to, you know, I, I, I heard, uh, Elliot Friedman and, and Jeff Merrick talk about this on their podcast. You know, obviously Ken Holland is a lame duck general manager. He's probably yes. retiring at the end of the year. So he doesn't want to sell off futures for the here and the right. now. And I think that, I think Elliot had the statistic that after November 1st, a team that is more than four points behind has about a 15% chance of making the playoffs They're in their own division, they're double digits behind. Um, yeah, they're
1: something like eighteen points out of first or something. I don't know yep. what it is.
0: I mean, right now their only chance, if they straighten up, you know, everything is probably getting into the wild card. And right. if they keep this going for another week or two, then you could probably rule that out too. So, I, I don't know. This is I would you know I wanted to do this, and Eck obviously wrote something about you know what would you, um, what would you trade for Leon Dreisaitl. Um, you know, as as a, as a talking point here. See, this is the thing. The easy thing right now is to fire Woodcroft. Right. That's the easy thing. And I don't know what would do that. That's the right. first thing you do. Right. I, I don't know whether he deserves it. Probably doesn't. I mean, he's gotten through, gotten them to the Western Conference final, but they're playing like crap. And, right. you know, people saw him walking off the ice last night and saw him sort of mouth, you know, we don't know whether that was accurate, but somebody's basically sounded thought the mouth, uh, this might be it, meaning right. that it might be his last game. And Dave Manson said, Yup, and so I mean, it could be the last game. And you know, there have been rumors about you know, Bruce boudreau, boudreau talking to Ken Holland being in Edmonton. We don't know if those were sure for sure or not. I don't know whether firing Woodcroft is the right thing, but I think you'd agree, Russ. It's probably the thing that they're going to do. Well, it's the first thing you do. I mean, that's the first thing you do because
1: it's the easiest thing to achieve. Everybody says, go get a goalie. Well, yeah, good luck. Right now, getting a goalie from a team means they don't think they're going to be in it or they're like, yeah, we don't need this goalie because we know our goalie is going to be healthy all year, which nobody knows that. So it's hard to make that happen. It's not easy to get a goalie at this time of the year. And, of course, you know, guys in Boston are writing like, well, you know, we have two goalies here. You could have our Vesna winning goalie line this on mark. How do you know the team wants to do that? I see the writers writing that. I don't think the team wants to do that. I think yeah. the team, if they want to win the Stanley Cup, are going to stick with both those goalies in case, in case one fails. I think yeah, that's so- what we're going to do. Why would they <laughs> trade one?
0: Well, right, but they're writing that like Allmark and something for Dreisaitl. And i that's not happening. It's a pipe dream. First of all, I don't believe, I do not believe there is a scenario where this team trades Dreisaitl or McDavid this year even if they go in the tank and even if they miss the playoffs, I don't think I do think that McDavid, if they miss the playoffs and there's a coaching change and everything, I do think that the the, the talk will be the sum this next summer will be about him asking for a trade. You know, right. he won't say it. He won't say it out loud. He's too good of a guy. He's not going to undercut them. But I do think that, you know, clearly things have gone up and down with that team. And I do think that, the, you know, it would be two years left in his contract. They'd get a lot of value for him. I know Dreisaitl, um, I believe Dreisaitl has a year left after this year. So it, it's understandable that, you know, the talk would be out there of Dreisaitl maybe being traded. It's a question of whether they, you know, he next July he's eligible for an extension. What do you think he's going to be asking? He's going to ask to be the highest paid player in the league. He's going to ask for more than Austin Matthews. So are you willing to pay him that? Because then you're going to have to pay McDavid even more the following year. I don't know whether they're going to do that or not. I mean, they might consider trading him in the summer. I don't think they're going to trade him now unless they think they can get maximum value at the deadline. So I don't know whether that's the move. But okay, pass Woodcroft. What's the move that you could see them make if that's a goalie like, who do you think is? I, I, I don't think Allmark is realistic. I don't think Boston. No. I mean, I'm I'm looking at it, and you know, maybe they maybe it's a it's uh, you know, but John Gibson makes too much. No, he can't do Gibson. Um, Arizona's not going to trade Valmelka, and he's you know, he's a cheaper goaltender. Um, I think you, I think you were the one who brought up Mark Andre flurry, but I can't see if this not is going to do it at this time of the year. Yeah. if This is Flurry's last year. I can't see Bill Guerin trading flurry. Um, you know, I, I, I don't, I don't see a scenario out there and a team out there. That's willing to trade them a goalie. That's an upgrade over Stuart Skinner and, uh, Calvin Pickard. And that's a sad state of affairs.
1: Right. So like, as an example, uh, you couldn't get Alex Lyon now in a trade. You couldn't. He's proved his worth. You couldn't get Louis Domingue in a trade who just won for the Rangers because Shesterkin and, and Quick are out. Like, that's the problem with trying to get a goalie is you've got to pretty much get somebody's fourth goalie unless you're going to offer up a generational player, and they're not going to do that.
0: Okay, Martin Jones is not better than Jack Campbell. He's cheaper. Right. Um, you know, But, the, but that's but, not an upgrade. But that's anyway, not up-
1: and, um, I'm is, looking at AHL goalies, and I'm like, I guess maybe if you got like Charlie Lindgren, could he do better? Maybe it's not a guarantee though.
0: Yeah, I mean, somebody say, you yeah, know, okay. Randy is saying, Randy is saying Vladar. Okay, Calgary helping out Edmonton? No,
1: not happening. Uh, Mark,
0: Markstrom is hurt. Even though Calgary, you know, looks like they might be a, might be somebody might be a team that eventually starts to dump, they're not going to dump 11 games into the season, and they're not going to dump in favor of Edmonton because if they give them Vladar and Vladar gets them in the playoffs, Craig Conroy is going to be hung from a, the nearest yard arm.
1: Yeah. No. I mean, even if you look at like what LA has done, they've done it because um, they're goaltending and they have a tandem. Has pulled him through, and you know Cam Talbot is back to being Cam Talbot. It took a few years, but that's the the nature of this stuff. And so, it's it's it, there is no easy answer to going out and getting a goalie. And anybody who says it, it is 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 not telling you the truth because and,
0: you know, people you know people have been saying Carter Hart, and you know there are certain things hanging over Carter Hart that haven't come to pass yet. So that that that's not one to mention thing. the price tag. Well, okay, but yes, and I see that that's the thing. If, say, Philadelphia was willing to trade Carter Hart, which they might be, but say that they would, they would ask for Edmonton's unprotected first round pick next year. Unprotected, not and, and, 10, and a prospect, too. And and probably, you know, like you said, a you know, a, a Reed Schaefer or yes. a Dylan Holloway or some yes. somebody like that. I don't know whether Ken Holland and Jeff Jackson would be willing to do that, whether they think that Carter Hart would be the savior. saver. Um, here's the other complication. Besides no. what's possibly hanging over, he's only got one more
1: year on his deal, and you have to pay him. You have to negotiate that deal, so it's not a slam dunk
0: on what he's going to make. Right, and everybody says, "Well, he's from Edmonton." Well, maybe there's some players who don't want to play in their hometown. And do you want to play under that pressure cooker, where you know basically you're coming in as the savior? Oh, Carter Hart, you know, yeah. And what if it's the what if the problem, it partially is the team in front of them and their inability to play defense, which you know, hey, that's sort of like a team in the East that we both know, right, Russ?
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, the funny thing is, is their team could benefit as much from a new philosophy as they would goaltending because the philosophy is what's going to matter you could Saros isn't avail
0: why are they trading Saros? yeah they're I mean they're they're, they're they might be in the mix well yeah for dry cycles see okay again everyone's Dreisaitl's saying, not getting traded Dry sales not getting traded I mean and you could say you know I think there's a better chance right now of of Nashville trading Askarov. Than it is Soros, because apparently Barry Trotz likes Soros. right? And I don't know if he doesn't like it. I'm sure
1: Askarov they're gonna ask for a lot, and right. he's not proven by and the he's way. He's not
0: proven, it's like you could you know talk to Minnesota about Jesper Walstead, okay? Well, Jesper Walstead's not proven, he's a great prospect. I mean, I don't know if people notice, but like good goalies are giving up four
1: goals a game sometimes in games this year. Good yeah. goalies,
0: yeah. Um, you know, Northern says, uh, says Jake Allen, but again. Mon, is Mon, Then Montreal is going with Samuel Mon, Sammy Montembeau and and uh, and uh, Caden Primo. Right,
1: but and if they want that trade, right, they're going to ask for like a first and a second, yeah, something like that. And these are things Holland doesn't want to do.
0: Right, so they're not giving them away. Right, and that, that's the thing. It's like you know, that's that's the situation. Is yes, you can have a goaltender, but we're going to expect to get. Higher than the normal value when you're in a position like Edmonton, you're desperate, and teams know and they smell your desperation. So yeah, unless sorry, unless you
1: picked up the best goalie in the league, right? Honestly, there is a reason why all the goalies are failing in Edmonton. And the reason is the system. Yeah. And it's not, you know, and it's not something you could cure overnight. But that's what's you know, I don't know. I don't know if there is a goalie you could put in that's going to make it better for them.
0: Yes, I agree. I mean the the it's right a team thing right now. Right? Yeah, right now it's I mean it's a multi-system failure. It's not just the goaltending, whoever gave me the thumbs up, thank you. It's not just the goalie, it's not just the goalie and the defense, it's everything. And, you know, it's it's the way that they've allocated money. Um they they're getting, again they're spending 12.5 on McDavid to eight point five on Drysaddle, which might be the biggest bargain in the league. That's the Biggest bargain in hockey. Yeah, nine nine and a, nine and a quarter on Darnell Nurse. I mean, I think Darnell Nurse is a good defenseman, but he's not. He's not a. He's making no. more than Kale McCarr. Yeah. Um. So they, you know, that and that's that's on Ken Holland. So is five million for. Listen, there's
1: a lot of poor roster construction here, but it's not only Ken Holland going to get these goalies. Like they have other people in their system. You know in management they have a goaltender coach he's all these people sign off on this stuff so it's it's not just all on ken holland that that's making it fail
0: yeah it's i mean it i like i you know the thing is i don't know whether this solves the problem I and mean, apparently mcdavid and Eckholm are both in playing hurt um mcdavid apparently it looks like he's playing hurt because he's not producing like he normally does sure. um that's not going to get cured with a with a coaching change. That's no. the
1: problem. Yeah. Here's um, what I'll also say. Johnny's like, hey, Russ, when the Rangers go always get healthy, would would they trade for Domingue? Would they, the Rangers trade Doming? It's like, no, because Jonathan, not an upgrade. Well, it's not not even that. Jonathan Quick is old. They're going to hold on right. to Louis Domingue just in case.
0: But Doming is not a see that's the thing. Doming is not an upgrade. Alex Lyon is not an upgrade. Who's the uh who's the uh, Stolars in Florida is not an upgrade. They need a number one, and unless they think Skinner is the number one and he just needs a 1B that supports them, they're not getting the type of goaltending that's gonna help them. They might even be better off trading for defense. That but the problem. Right. I mean, when Okay, when you're, and I, uh, this, we'll shift this argument to the team in blue and white in a minute, when your defense, I like Darnell North, Darnell Nurse is a really fine uh, defenseman, he's not a number one, I think he's a good number two, but he's being paid like a number one at 9.25 million. I love Matthias Ekholm. He's the type of defenseman that a lot of teams like Toronto need—a stay-at-home defenseman, really good defensively. Well, we all felt like he might be overrated a bit, right? But but I, I like the way he played. He's still better right, than what he got. Don't get me wrong. The way he played in Edmonton last year, I thought you know that sort of proved that. And you know he's he was always sort of played protect playing protected behind Yosi in Nashville, but I do think he's a, an excellent defensive defenseman. He's not going to score a ton, but he's playing injured. He's 33 years old. He's a good number three. They got him as a number two. Evan Bouchard is $3.9 million. He's a good young defenseman. You know, I don't know what kind of year he's having right now, but I think he's, you know, they signed him to a, but the bottom half of their defense folks is Cody CC, Brett Kulak and Vincent de
1: yeah, it's like whatever, whatever pennies they had left.
0: Yeah, DeHaene is is young, but I know Cody Cece. He sucks. He's a terrible defenseman. DeHaene
1: is at least physical, so there's something there. But but look, I remember the difference that Chris Pronger made as an example when the Flyers got him. Right? right. If you're able to get a difference maker like that on he defense, he made Mac sure. Carl a
0: good defenseman.
1: Yeah, like sure, I might trade Seidel. If I'm going to get, I don't know, um, name me a, a rock-solid defenseman. I don't know. Maybe if Ekblad's healthy, would I do a trade sidle for Ekblad? I might. But Ekblad's not healthy. But I'm saying for that type of talent, yeah, I might because that helps my goaltending. That helps my defense. It, it helps more than one thing. And that's where I believe what Mike is saying is true. But the problem is, who the hell's trading you a top three defenseman? Nobody. Right. I mean,
0: would you know. Would, would you i mean if you're colorado, if if you yeah yeah if color if, would colorado trade bone byram no because no. i mean that's a that's a type of defense now he's not solid defensive but he's young he's inexpensive right now he's you know on his second contract yeah that's the type would they keandre miller from the from the rangers sure they but right now he's their number one defenseman with adam fox out and he's playing great you know, yeah. they're not going to give up these guys. That's the problem.
1: So No, that's that's part of the problem. The other problem is, so if we go back and we revisit the 2019 draft, um, myself and a lot of other draft pundits did not like the Philip Broberg pick. Why? Because he doesn't play defense. He's an a, offenseman. It was and a converted him- forward. It was a converted yeah. forward, wasn't he? Yeah. yeah, he's a converted forward, but worse than that. So they picked him eighth overall. If you start looking down the list, you're going to see a lot better defensemen. You know, Thomas Harley, uh, even Soderstrom is better. I mean, Soderstrom maybe is failing uh, in Arizona because it's Arizona. But there's there were defensemen that went that were good. You know, Tobias Bjornfot would be a, a welcomed addition. There's guys there, but that's the problem is they've made some bad draft choices, too. And that's why their defense isn't up to par. You can't buy everything in this league.
0: No. And, and now they're in a situation now where if this continues for a couple weeks and, uh, I know that, uh, Elliot and Jeff were talking about American Thanksgiving, the time being the time when teams sort of take stock and look, um, I mean, that may be too long if they continue down this road and they no, lose. they have
1: to start winning. Like now they can't win every game. Yeah. They have to start putting three out of four, four out of six. You know, five, three, and one, the last 10. They have to start getting loser points. They have to start doing that. Otherwise, they've got a problem.
0: I think somebody, I thought somebody in the chat said Seth Jones. Again, Seth Jones is making eight something. Yeah, they can't afford that. How can they afford them? They're, I mean, that's the other thing. Yeah, we'd love, if this was the non-cap era. You know how much cap space the Edmonton Oilers have right now? According to Cap Friendly, they have $25,000. That's like a dollar per I'll take I'll take that 25. It's
1: like a dollar 50 in your. I
0: won't won't be able to help you, but I'm, you know, like I'll take it, but no. Um, All right. So we're only going to go another 10 minutes or so here. So I want to talk about uh, the the disaster that is the Toronto Maple Leafs right now. So, so we're going from a Western Canadian disaster to an Eastern Canadian disaster. Um, Right now, I mean, the Leafs, have been able to win games in overtime based on their offense, but I hate to pat myself on the back, but their defense blows, and they you know, and and this is the problem. I mean, okay, you really hate patting yourself on the your back? No, you don't. No, I don't. No, I my my shoulder hurts when I do it, but I'll I'll do it. There you go. Um, but okay, but this is this is the issue. Okay, if they're if their six defensemen were healthy then they were they were basically an average defense you could get through the year but then you lose Connor Timmins. I know Russ you lose Connor Timmons in the preseason um who was playing great who was having you know the best camp of any defenseman he was fantastic he's playing fantastic he gets hurt on on a, on a check against I think it was Ottawa uh Timothy Liljegren gets cheap shotted can open by Brad Marchand thank you very much and, uh, and Jake McCabe, who has a history of injuries, he got hurt early in the season. He's coming back tonight. But on top of the – so when you're playing 8, 9, and your 10th defenseman, when you're playing William Loggison and Simon Benoit and, uh, and Maxime Lajoie, that's going to be a problem. That's not the problem. The problem is the guys who are supposed to be your bottom pairing, Mark Giordano and John Klingberg, are playing 20-plus minutes. And Klingberg is being exposed because he, he's never been able to play. I mean, this is the thing. He's never, ever been able to play defense. He's an offenseman. He's a really good offenseman. But the problem is, Russ, he scored no points in seven games. And now tonight, all of a sudden, there's an injury. He's dealing with an injury. And he's going to sit out because of this injury, not because he's but alive. who's coming into this place? Uh, McCabe, McCabe is returning. Oh, McCabe's
1: back. Okay.
0: So, so you've got the bottom pairing of Simon Benoit, and Maxime Lussier, or, uh, William Loggison You've got Riley and Brody who are going to play 25 minutes and Easy. Giordano and, and, Giordano and McCabe are going to be your second pairing. And I mean, th- this is not, it's the- not great. I mean, the Montreal Canadians have the same record as the Leafs. Right. And this, but, but this is the thing. And, and I, I don't put this on, uh, Brad for a living to a point. Um, he was apparently trying to sign other defensemen or trade for other defensemen, and he's talking, according to I think it was Darren Dreger, he's talking to everybody right now because their defense is clearly an issue. Right, but it's, you're not getting anybody like right but, now. Right, you, I mean, if you get a bottom pairing guy, fine. You know, there's somebody who's a veteran that's relatively cheap. Is Mark
1: Stone still playing in this league? He signed oh, him oh, a Michael, thousand times.
0: Oh, Michael, Michael Stone. Stone. Yeah, they could bring right. Michael Stone in, uh, but but yeah. no, but the but the issue is here. Is that you spent four million bucks on John Klingberg, right? How, you know, apparently they were in on Matt Dumba, and they didn't they didn't spend the money for Matt Dumba, and then Arizona had more money, and you know, I mean, okay, then you create the cap space, then you don't sign Ryan Reeves, and you bring in Matt Dumba because you didn't need that guy, but you did need a d- defensive help, and now this team, you know, they're not going to get Gordon back until December, you know. Now Klingberg has got a broken psyche. I mean they're they're, they're i mean they're they'll st- get through this but they're not
1: looking good to go far that's the problem you can make the argument that it's a long season sure um but with and not they, a lot of cap this, space. and they've done
0: this before they've slumped right. early and they've come back
1: and not a, and not a lot of cap space you look at them and you say unless they do make a an amazing trade where they're going to have to give up some sort of futures i can't predict them going far in the playoffs i know right now Anything could happen, but it does require them playing some defense because we know right now, this part of the season, you could get away with not having the best defensive team. But once the playoffs hit, your right. defense has to tighten up quickly, and that's where they're going to have a problem. I did want to mention, Mike, uh, Connor Bedard's four-point performance. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, because everybody was like, well, hey, you know, what about this guy for Calder, and what about this guy for Calder? And and then Connor Bedard's like, hey, you know what? I just – I'm like the, what, the third youngest guy to ever get four points in a game?
0: yeah he's yeah and he's at a point he's at a point per game pace which means he would get 80 which i don't know if he's gonna maintain this but i don't know if he'll maintain that but he's capable now the funny thing was i I watched a little bit of that game and the one thing you got to be concerned with you know he had four points and he was flying around and then eric cernak just slammed him to the ice so you know his those veteran guys like perry and he's pretty built though he put on that wacky necklace
1: after the game and the guy is built like for a small guy He's put together, so luckily, right, I but, think he can survive that.
0: But Cernak is six foot five, and you know, know. he's built like he's, you know, he's a he's a physical guy. So, um, Ryan Rashad just tweeted. My sense is that there will not be any movement on the coaching front today with the Orioles. Right, not today, not, not today. But that doesn't mean tomorrow. I don't know when their next game is, but yeah. So now it's a day to day death watch. That's- yeah, and, and that and that's bad. I mean, that's
1: really that, that is bad. But that's that whole market's living with that. Another thing I wanted to mention is Alexei Lafreniere had three points. So now his, he's really picked up. Him and Panarin have really clicked together. And so for all those haters or people that were still, and I said it since the beginning of the year, that I still believed in the kid, uh, he looks really good. And and that's good. You know, that, that is good for the Rangers right now. They're one of the best teams in the league. And that's the funny thing, Mike. They're one of the best teams in the league, and Louis Domingue, is winning games for them why is louis domain winning games because the rest of their team yes. is playing well like you said miller's playing well everybody's playing well in somebody's absence and and it's working so you know,
0: miller stepped up truba is a physical force schneider's playing good i saw zach jones he looks really yeah. good The now i thought it was cully but they're pronouncing it cooley as that's uh, yeah, cooley it's cooley okay um I, i've been really impressed by He's him done really well yeah, so I mean, you know, they're getting and you know they're getting performances one through twelve. by forward, you know, the big yep. guys are scoring, uh, the defense has stepped up in the absence of Fox. You know, they, they're missing Hedo, but um, but you know they they don't seem to miss him. You know, Blake Wheeler scored his first goal. I mean, I, I mentioned this to you before, and we'll end on this. one of my one of my um, criticisms and complaints of the Leafs is the fact that this is the situation that continues to happen year after year. Now, part of that is management not addressing the issue of their defense. The other part is the culture of that team. And I'm not saying, you know, not being good guys. You look at teams like the Bruins, they lose players and they continue to operate at a certain way because that's, you know, like they say the Patriot way, this is the Bruins way. The yep. guys come in, they fit into a system, they play this way, they and they're not skipping a beat. Everybody thought they were gonna be like a wild card team because Bergeron and Krejci were gone. Well, Zaka step up, Coil step up, Pasternak, you know, guys fit in. It just seems it just seems to perpetuate. Whereas if with everybody Bergeron-
1: pulls the rope with the same amount of force, that's when you get that team effort, and there are teams not doing it. Clearly, Edmonton's not right now, lately, the leaps are not, and but, you could
0: see it. You could see it. Whereas with Toronto, it's like the big guys, if 30, I think it's they have 37 goals and 30 of the 37 goals have been scored by Matthews, Marner, Tavares, Nylander, or Riley. So those guys offensively are are pulling the rope. Nobody else is, but defensively a couple guys are and some of them Sheldon Keefe called them out and it's like okay these guys have to play two-way hockey or this team will not win and they keep trying to do you know they keep trying to pad their stats and you know I understand like certain ones who have a free agents at the end of the year. Um, he's one. He wants to pile up as many points as possible. I'm not saying anything. wants games. a
1: 97 point season?
0: Yeah, yeah, great. And as he as he walks away and goes to Anaheim next year, and they get nothing for him at the trade deadline. Thanks, thanks. They will.
1: Willis. They'll get a draft pick, Mike. You know I'm that.
0: Zippity friggin' doodah. Anyway, all right. Um, we'll end it there. Um, I, I, I encourage everybody to watch uh, off the post tomorrow at noon. We'll be uh, having Rachel Dory on the show. I'm sure we'll be talking about the Leafs because she's and, and some, and, and so she, I know she's got some opinions on, on them and some other things in the league. So, uh, make sure to watch, uh, for Russ Cohen, I'm Michael Agello Thanks for watching. And remember without the buzz, it's just hockey.